Blog Talk Radio. This land is mine. God gave this land to me. This brave and ancient land to me. Under the circumstances, I think it is important that I introduce myself and that I explain why I am addressing Israel this evening. My name is Craig Wynn. I have written 30 books under the title of Yada Yahwa. Yada means to know, and Yahweh is God's one and only name. You will find these books available free in their entirety at yadayah.com. You will also find a complete transcript of this program on the site under resources. Over the past two decades, I have served as an expert witness on the threat posed by Islamic terrorism. I've appeared on some 5,000 syndicated talk radio programs. Subsequently, I have produced another 5,000 radio programs and podcasts as a voice of reason to explain religion, politics, and world events, in addition to speaking about my first love, the Torah and prophets. My commitment to save Israel began 22 years ago on Teruah, that is the Moed that Jews have been bewildered into replacing with the Babylonian New Year, Rosh Hashanah. It was the 19th of September, 2001, eight days after America's comparatively tepid version of the Islamic terrorist attack on Israel of October 7th, 2023. Yahweh, the God of Abraham, Yishak, and Jacob, the inspiration behind the Torah, Nabi wa Mizmor, the Torah, Prophets, and Psalms, <laughs> asked me to devote the rest of my life to saving Jews from themselves 
and from those who hate them. On that day, I was asked to begin where we are today, dealing with Islam, the deadliest and most destructive religion ever conceived by man. That same year, I flew to Israel and arranged meetings with Islamic Jihad and Al-Qaeda based upon what they told me while holding guns to my head I wrote tea with terrorists who they are why they kill and how to stop them immediately thereafter I wrote prophet of doom Islam's terrorist dogma in Muhammad's own words it is irrefutable this is because I use the oldest and most respected hadith as they were arranged in the biography of Allah's messenger by Ibn Ishaq and the history of Islam's formation by Al-Tabari to rearrange the jumbled mess of the Quran chronologically. In this way, I was able to set it into the context of Muhammad's putrid life. Prophet of Doom is the best documented, most complete and comprehensive contextual and chronological presentation of the Quran, excuse me, ever written. For having done so, I received thousands of death threats. Not that it mattered, because I have protection vastly superior to the Iron Dome, Yahweh's Malak. Some four years later, now 18 years ago, I received a promotion. I was allowed to leave the Islamic hell behind, at least until now. In the interim, over these past 18 years, I have composed 20 books based upon my translations of the Dead Sea Scrolls, three additional on the Masoretic text of Daniel and Ezekiel, entitled Babel, which excoriate Judaism and four more disproving the Christian New Testament by comparing its nonsense to the Word of God as it appears in the Torah and Prophets. I am the only person in human history to have done these four things. Not only writing the most effective explanation and denouncement of Islam, but also volumes irrefutably disproving Christianity and Judaism, while at the same time providing copious validations for Yahweh's witness. There are thousands of profound insights found throughout Yada Yahweh, which are presented for the first time in 2,500 years. By reading it, you will come to know God as he presented himself to his people, Yisrael. I share this with you because Israel and Yehudim, Jews, because your God, Yahweh, asked me to do this for you. He made it possible for me to discern what I'm going to convey to you. He did so because he wants to save you from yourselves and from your religious and political enemies at this time, where your very lives and existence is at stake. Indeed, the very survival of Israel is hanging in the balance. 
although I do have one caveat, concerned over whether this message will resonate with a sufficient number of Israelis to save the nation. I've not slept in the last two days, and I am a little slow of mind and thick of tongue this evening, but perhaps that is a good thing, since I share the latter with Yisrael's most articulate orator, Moshe. This time last week, I was doing what I do every day, 14 hours a day, when on Saturday morning, the 7th of October, 2023, before sunrise, my wife, who is Jewish, came into my study in tears. The first news of Muslims from Gaza breaching the fence and killing Jews was just appearing on social media and the mainstream media as well. At the time, I was introducing Yahweh's depiction of Gaza and his disgust for the Palestinians. I had just written these words. Of all of the people cluttering this planet, the vile souls masquerading as Philistines, while terrorizing Jews, are among my least favorite. The same is true with Yahweh, and he just so happens to be God. The citation reads, Indeed, Gaza, meaning the fierce and forsaken, the damned and destitute, will be abandoned and rejected, azab, disassociated and deserted, an ashkelon, meaning a pile of trash behind a gate of dung, will approach an uninhabitable wasteland, which translates as appalling ruin and clothed in terror. Ashdod, which means those who deal treacherously and are violently destructive, will be driven out and expelled, garrosh, removed and banished by midday, while Ekron, the uprooted and cut off and plucked away, will be tossed away, pulled up by the roots and destroyed. This comes from Sephaniah. It means Yahweh's treasures are stored up for another time. That name has been corrupted to Zephaniah. You'll find it in the fourth statement of the second chapter. The names of these places are sufficient to explain what God thinks of the sorry souls occupying Gaza. Fierce and forsaken, the damned and destitute, abandoned and rejected, a pile of trash behind a gate of dung, worthless garbage and repulsive excrement. Those who deal treacherously and are violently destructive. Those whose assaults are cruel and whose thievery is devastating, sadistically despoiling, while brutally ruinous, seems to describe what happened a week ago tomorrow. It could also serve as the byline and the mission statement of Hamas and the PLO, of Al-Qaeda or isis or any Islamic terrorist organization born out of the Muslim Brotherhood and the Quran, because they're all the same, including Hezbollah and Islamic Jihad. But rather than confiscating what does not belong to them, no matter how many heads they decapitate, or suicide bombers, bombers blow themselves to smithereens, 
no matter what name they have selected to obfuscate their true nature. Yahweh is going to depopulate them, adorning them in the horror they inspired. They will be uprooted and tossed away. When you may ask, mark your calendars, because this will occur 10 years from this date, just prior to Sukkah and the 120th Yobel, which is the Shabbat of October 7th, 2033, as the sun sets one final time on the enemies of Yahweh, Yisrael, and Yahudem. Yes, <clears throat> 10 years from this day, at the beginning of Sukkah, camping out with God, rather than the conclusion of the Mekre and year 6,000 Yah, the anguish will be over for a receptive remnant of Yisrael. Yahweh is returning with your Messiah. His name is Dode. You may have heard of him. He was king of a united Yisrael. And he and his father are going to be celebrating the ultimate family reunion. I was writing these words more disgusted by the leadership of this world than ever before. Yesterday evening, as we considered Yahweh's intent regarding Sukkah on Yada Yah Radio, celebrating the eighth day of camping out with God, crazed Muslims from the Islamic terrorist organization Hamas in Gaza were scheming with the theocrats of Iran to tear down the wall Israel had erected to keep them at bay. As the sun rose, bulldozers which in saner hands are tasked with construction, were deployed by Muslims to destroy the high-tech fence, protecting Jews from them. Teenage boys, along with some in their 20s, even early 30s, armed with religious hatred and automatic weapons, invaded the Promised Land. Most were on foot, unguided, while others lined up to enter Israel on motorcycles and in pickup trucks. The scene captured in celebratory selfies was chaotic and uncoordinated, uncivilized, and noticeably evil, with essentially no one there from the IDF to interrupt their party or impede their progress. This death cult of marauding militants flooded in unabated and proceeded to savagely murder over 1,300 Jews in cold blood, a quarter of whom were kids attending a music festival. Forty children were beheaded. They wounded nearly 3,500 more, mostly in the streets and in their homes. The images were akin to the pogroms throughout Europe nearly a century ago. Per capita, the carnage on this day was six thousand percent worse for Israel's seven million Jews than the surprise attacks on Pearl Harbor in 1941 or the World Trade Center suicide bombings in 2001 were for America. Although this attack on this day was infinitely more personal and vicious. 
And yet, rather than garter the world's collective rage against a terrorist culture more inbred, pervasive, and inhuman than Al-Qaeda or ISIS, Boko Haram or the PLO, Hezbollah or the Taliban, China and Russia, Turkey and Egypt, Saudi Arabia and the European Union called for an end to hostilities and for the imposition of the two-state solution. In particular, China's news release didn't even mention the horrors Hamas had perpetrated inside of Israel. And Russia's Putin actually had the audacity to compare holding these terrorists in Gaza accountable with the siege of Leningrad. Rewarding terrorism in this way would be akin to giving the Japanese Imperial Navy Hawaii as a reward for their surprise attack, and then to appease the Islamic jihadists of 9-11 by offering them New York. It would be less sane than rewarding Hitler's growing aggression with Czechoslovakia, because at least Neville Chamberlain did so before the invasion of Poland, not after it. To call the approach heralded by Muslims and progressives immoral and insane is way too kind. The fake Estonians captured some 150 Jews, maybe more, mostly women and children. They beat some, they raped others, prior to hauling them back to their sewer of religious rage as if they were trophies. They would hold them as hostages, initially as human shields, which is standard operating procedure for these cowards, who are famous for using their own women and children in this manner, premeditated intent of their human trafficking, would be to trade the lives of innocent people they had ruthlessly kidnapped for those of convicted terrorists. Should you be moral and rational, the events of this day served as proof that the creation of a Palestinian state would be suicidal, akin to reopening Auschwitz. As such, may Yar Lapid always be remembered as the leader of the opposition against Israel, Benjamin Netanyahu, is guilty as well, Gallant, Smotrich, Ben-Gur, and Derry, along with Halibi and Barnea. All have blood on their hands for prioritizing politics and their careers over Israeli lives and also for their inactions. Along these lines, there are credible reports coming out of Israel that Netanyahu supported the ascension of Hamas initially in Gaza as a check against the PLO and as a way to influence the Palestinian Authority. It may have been one of Bibi's scatterbrained projects that got out of control, if so. Shame on him. As painful as it is for me to accept and to report it appears that as a concession to the Haredi and the religious factions of his coalition, 
Netanyahu ordered two of the three 800-soldier battalions assigned to protect the 50 to 60-kilometer border with Gaza to provide security for an ultra-Orthodox Sukkot festival near the flashpoint town of Huara. It's located 30 miles north of Jerusalem by highway and military transports. It's an eight-hour drive from Hurara to Barry, the epicenter of the violence. This past Friday, a week ago today, the BBC, one of my least favorite journalism outfits, provided video evidence, unfortunately, that religious Jews after parading in the streets and deliberately antagonizing residents, tossing stones and vandalizing shops and cars, were confronted by rock-wielding Muslims and a Muslim boy was shot and killed. The IDF acknowledged that they used, in quote, riot dispersal means to defuse the confrontation, end quote, around the Sukkah festival in Hurara, confirming their presence. Some 60 Muslims were treated for tear gas inhalation as the town was closed by the military on orders from the coalition. This transfer of Israeli defenses away from the Gazan border left the 800 remaining IDF personnel vulnerable and overwhelmed, as was the case with the Jews living nearby. I'm not one for speculation. But I have investigated this story, and I have affirmed that there was a large Sukkot festival near Huara, that these religious Jews provoked the local community, and that the IDF was there to protect the ultra-Orthodox. This being the case, the IDF was out of position on October 7th because this day was observed outside Huara as Shemini Azaret and Shimshat Torah both of which are rabbinical corruptions of God's word. To the extent that the IDF was understaffed where it mattered most, Judaism contributed to the carnage which follows. If true, and the story is readily validated, Bibi must go. He's compromised. And along with him, the whole group of Haredi and ultra-Orthodox MKs in his cabinet and coalition. Now, that's not to pass blame. We all understand that they did not wield the knives that slit the children's throats. They did not rape the girls at the music festival, nor did they carry captives back to Gaza as trophies. Inappropriate time. Their lives took precedence over the 1,600 murdered, captured, and critically maimed along the Gaza border. Moreover, Netanyahu chose to leave them there, even as his administration discussed credible reports out of Gaza that it was about to erupt violently. The Muslims called their terrorist assault on God's people Flood of Al-Aqsa, unaware that Yahweh used Flood to depict the caustic influence of their invasion 2,700 years ago in Yashaya, Isaiah 17. In fact, it was after presenting these prophecies last year, at this same time, that I predicted the events of this day, 
specifically explaining how there would be too many rockets for the Iron Dome to intercept and too many jihadists crossing the border to contain. I even predicted that they would infiltrate smaller border communities where they would wreak havoc unopposed with the IDF arriving with too little too late to protect Israeli captives. These predictions were all duly recorded last year in the books which comprise Yada Yawa and in the Yada Yah radio programs. Like almost everything that comes out of the mouths of Muslims and the progressives who coddled them, the truth was the opposite of their claims, but that did not stop the news media from parroting the lies of apartheid occupation and as justification for beheading Jews. It was hard to watch as anti-Semitics the world over applauded and Muslims celebrated, all duped by the myths that they have promoted. And yet, in reality, <laughs> there is no such thing as a Palestinian. And there hasn't been one for well over 2,300 years. Worse for the myth, even before the Philistines were exterminated by the Egyptians, the Israelites, Assyrians, Babylonians, and Greeks, they were known to be savage foreign invaders from Crete. They were so ruthless, so primitive, uncivilized, and cruel, even the empires which were built by slaves saw the Philistines as a liability. As a result, they annihilated them rather than enslaving them. There is no occupation, at least not by Jews. To their detriment and at the assistance of the Clinton administration, Israel surrendered much of Judea and Sumeria to the PLO, known today as the PA. Ignorant of that disaster and how it had created a breeding ground for terrorists, at President George Bush's urging, Gaza was surrendered, literally abandoned to be occupied by Israel's enemies. Those mistakes, along with the anticipation that the world would seek to destroy Israel's viability by continuing to encourage Islamic terrorists through the promotion of the two-state solution, led to this day believing that the regions they were occupying and which were devoid of Jews needed to be liberated to create a state named after an extent an extinct group of barbarian invaders to whom none of them were related fundamentalist muslims terrorized the indigenous people of the land even worse they were led to believe that al-asqa was an islamic holy site worthy of their protection rather than an assault on their intelligence and the credibility of their religion. In reality, the mosque and dome are trophies, trophies to religious rage, to barbarian invasions, and to political ignorance. Islamic claims on the Temple Mount and Jerusalem are born out of the most insane and immoral moments and Muhammad's putrid life. For that story, I encourage you to read Prophet of Doom, Islam's terrorist dogma, and Muhammad's own words. After all, the allure of the winged ass seems to live on. 
and it was manifest in the religious malfeasance of this day. As the foremost expert on Islam's corrupting influence, I watched in horror. As Muslim boys ran through the toppled fence and into Israel with the express intent of raping, plundering, kidnapping, and killing Jews. The younger and the more innocent, the older and more feeble, the better. The pictures that these savages shot on their cell phones showed that they were indoctrinated beyond hope, far more evil than Nazis, with no respect for life, indiscriminately victimizing women and children. It was a replay of what Mohammed and the first Muslims had done 1,400 years ago in Yathrib, and then later in Kabar. Nothing had changed, except they were on motor scooters rather than camels, and they wielded AK-47s and RPGs instead of swords. The result of each event in the life of Islam was a bloodbath for Jews. The best and worst of what I witnessed this morning, October 7th, 2023, was the complete failure of the IDF to stem the flood of jihadists. Some eight to 16 agonizing hours after the breach, there was no one there to deflect the tide of terror. No one to thwart the passage of captured Jews back into Gaza. Not even one of Israel's 48 serviceable Apache helicopter gunships, which should have arrived in five minutes and which would have salvaged the day with minimal loss of Jewish life, but they were not deployed. As a result, Muslims massacred civilians in 20 communities and brutalized innocent Jews some 14 miles into the narrow country over the course of three days. During their prolonged slaughter, the drama seemed to play out in slow motion without a coordinated national response as if the government was constipated. So you may ask, what good could come out of any of this? And the answer is that as a result of the failure of the most revered institution in Israel to protect Jews. There will be a resulting degradation and confidence in a nation already torn apart by the rift between secular and religious, the far right and far left, and by judicial reform in a country so at odds with itself it can't even seem to form a constitution. With this being Israel's new normal, a horrible nightmare designed to repeat itself over the next decade, according to Yahweh's prophets, there is the hope that God's people, Yehudim, the beloved of Yah, will stop relying on their military, their politicians, and above all else, their religion. Perhaps now, a remnant will return to Yahweh after what has been a very turbulent 3,800-year estrangement with only fleeting moments of respect.
I think that's long enough to stay apart. Pertinent to this day, the religion that Jewish rabbis in Yathrib created 1,400 years ago by reciting Talmud stories to an illiterate Mohammed for profit. Well, they were bastardized by Allah's messenger, this mass-murdering terrorist, this rapist and pedophile, to create the Quran. Without them, without the stories that the rabbis sold out of the Babylonian Talmud, 80% of the Quran vanishes, along with any semblance of its credibility. More incriminating still, when Muhammad claimed that the Babylonian Talmud stories the rabbis had recited to him came instead from Allah, and then he twisted them, took them out of the historical context to serve his personal lust for possessions and power, the rabbis mocked him, and they threatened to expose him. To prevent this, the psychopath Muhammad sought to silence them, which is when the Quran and Islam turned anti-Semitic. A thousand Jews in Yathrib were beheaded that day, the women were raped, and the children were enslaved. Nicely played, rabbis. Israel, you are at war with yourselves and with your God. This is largely because the religions that your ancestors created, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, have made Jews vulnerable. It is because you are unwilling to tell the truth about your enemy. But more on that in a moment. What I shared with you at the beginning of our program bears repeating. 22 years ago on Teruah, September 19, 2001, just eight days after the Islamic suicide bombings of 9-11-01, I began serving Yahweh and his people by exposing and condemning their religious foes. At the time, there wasn't a single Jew who celebrated Yahweh's name or who had accepted the conditions of the covenant. Little by little, that has begun to change with zero becoming a hundred and a hundred becoming a thousand as we grow until a remnant of God's people witness Yahweh's return with Dode, the Messiah and Savior, on Yom Kippurim, the day of reconciliations in year 6,000 Yah, 6.22 p.m., as the sun sets in Jerusalem, October 2nd, 2033, just 10 years from now. So I ask God's people, will you be there on that day, celebrating life with Yahweh and your Messiah and King, Dot David? Or will you be among those appeasing Islam, tolerating Judaism, and relying upon Israeli intelligence and the IDF to save you from yourselves, and from those who hate you. Or, alternatively, Jews can continue to rely on the Mossad, the Shen Bet, the IDF intelligence services. But to do so, you want to ask yourselves how it was possible for reporters at the Wall Street Journal to detail the elaborate planning of Iran, Hezbollah, and Hamas in the weeks preceding the attack when Israeli intelligence missed it. Now, I know Israel is denying that that occurred, but I saw the video evidence today. The Ayatollah himself was in Lebanon in a speech there, said specifically 
that they had aided and abetted Hamas and would continue to do so, and that they expected to use Hezbollah to go to war with Israel, and that they had supplied the weapons and the guidance. How is it that Israelis managed to ignore the IRG and Hamas social media posts on Friday afternoon, justifying the impending assault? I saw them. And then ask why it took half a day for the government of Israel and the IDF to respond, considering that the Muslims breached the most high-tech impediment ever devised at sunrise and then lingered there to take selfies. Mm. It was reminiscent of Elia, whom you may know by his corrupted name, Elijah. Sarcastically humiliating the constipated response of Baal, the Lord, suggesting that his inactivity was a result of him being indisposed. So do you, as was the case when the prophets of Baal and Asherah inquire, what has happened? Such that the most intellectually gifted people on earth could be so easily deceived. This should not have happened. And the consequence was 1,600 precious lives, including those who are captives and critically injured. Are you aware that Israel is playing a lose-lose game, one without any chance of success, at least the way it is currently being handled? There are only bad options and ill-equipped leaders. This is a combination of two factors. First, Israelis are unwilling to explain or accept the truth about the myth of the Palestinians or why Muslims are committed to eradicating them. As such, they're flailing unsuccessfully at symptoms rather than the cause of the problem. They're trying to negotiate with people that that should never occur especially if you knew what motivated them. If you treat the symptoms, the disease remains. And this one is not only lethal, it was specifically designed to target and kill Jews. And second, the world is galvanized against Israel, mislabeling and condemning the grieving nation's every move while upholding the lies promoted by their enemies, even rewarding the appalling behavior of the Islamic terrorists. The fact is, Islam has made Muslims much more deceptive than Jews. No one lies better than they. And for this, they have Muhammad to thank. The Internet is ablaze with immoral and ignorant hypocrites Playing the victim card, it is role reversal before a clueless audience. Well, I'm sure that you don't want to hear it. It is the truth that there is no longer a viable option regarding Gaza. Hamas is a symptom of a much larger, more ingrained and pervasive problem, Islam. 
Should you be ignorant of this reality, again, read Prophet of Doom, free online, in its entirety. My case against Islam is irrefutable, because every page is upheld by the Islamic scriptures. I use Tabati's historical portrait of Islam's formation and Ishak's biography of Allah's messenger, the earliest and most credible Islamic sources, to reorder the Quran chronologically and set it into the context of Muhammad's despicable life. Know your enemy. Come to understand that what happened today occurred 1,400 years ago in Yathrib and again in Kabar. The terrorists of October 7, 2023 were no different than Muhammad's gaggle of goons plundering the Jews of Arabia. According to the Quran, all good Muslims are terrorists. The proof then and now is ubiquitous and irrefutable. Denying this reality will lead to far worse days than today, and it will cloud the nation's judgment, such that its resources are squandered, making a bad situation worse. Therefore, even if the IDF could kill every Hamas leader and all of its militants, there would be 10 more created for every martyr, perhaps 100. It is impossible to prevail against a religious ideology with bullets and bombs. I was the first to tell Americans this when George Bush decided to invade Afghanistan and Iraq and said, for absolute certain, no matter how long America stays, it will have served to make a bad situation worse. The only way a bomb would make a difference in Gaza if it was nuclear and kills them all, but that is untenable. Not only would the radioactive fallout poison Israel, but the world's response to the deaths of two million people would be the strangulation of the nation. Out of the ashes of Al-Qaeda, ISIS emerged. They were worse. Then, after the destruction of ISIS, Hezbollah gained strength such that they are now poised to bludgeon Israel. After the fall of Hamas, another name will be chosen to represent a new, even more zealous assemblage of jihadists. Kill them all, and there will be all the more of them of religion and the nature of martyrdom. Frankly, while Hamas exists, they would rather rape, torture, and kill the captives than hand them over to Israel, making a rescue mission more costly and less productive than today's response to the invasion. It is already happening. Women are being paraded naked and bleeding in the streets, and soldiers are being beheaded after being humiliated inside of cages like animals. The depraved and irrational nature of your enemy makes it all but impossible to rescue them or to prevent this from reoccurring. A population armed to the teeth and hoping to die for the glory of the faith cannot be occupied at an acceptable or sustainable price. And trading your people for convicted and imprisoned terrorists will have the same result as what Biden wrought on Israel, 
a month ago when he exchanged the Iranian terrorists and the promise of some $6 billion for a handful of American tourists. Now, to be fair, since the massacre, Joe Biden has gone from rhetoric and opposition to Israel to its most articulate and impassioned supporter. Although I fear it is nothing but a Trojan horse, something I will address later in this program. If Israel invades Gaza, it will trigger the second phase of the Iranian Hezbollah Hamas and Islamic Jihad plan, which is a far more massive aerial assault, followed by one with a hundred times more militants, all better armed, flooding in from the north, east, south, and west. It will likely include Egyptians, Jordanians, Syrians, Saudi Arabians, Iranians, Iraqis, Lebanese, and Turkish Muslims. But if Israel does not invade Gaza, Israelis will cower in fear knowing that it was simply the first of many such attacks and that their days are numbered, their lives are at risk. Lose, lose. Informed and rational, I realized that the man who served as the mastermind behind the appalling events of October 7th is the most popular political and religious figure among the Fakistinians. I realized that the perpetrators of this hellish plot were all depraved civilians. When bloodied and beaten Jews were dragged through their streets, women and children gathered in great numbers and applauded. Everyone in Gaza is complicit in this crime, which was perpetrated by their sons at the behest of their elected and very popular officials. As a result, Israel is justified and no longer supplying the mass-murdering rapists, thieves, and pedophiles who perpetrated these heinous crimes with electricity, water, fuel, or food. It is also appropriate for Israel to raise their homes, as they would the families of much less ruthless terrorists, but do so smartly. Promise to resupply these things as soon as every captive is returned safely to Israel and every member of Hamas walks out into the open, no longer hiding among their women and children. Tell the Muslims that you will stop attacking Gaza when every Hamas jihadist and supporter, tens of thousands of them, moves out of the populated areas and into the open terrain that Jews abandoned in the north of the Gaza Strip, where they can fight as if they were men. Offer to engage them there, giving each martyr an express ticket to Allah's virginal brothel. Win-win. At the same time, Israel must fight the public perception war that it is losing badly. No matter the pain, the autopsy and crime scene photos and depictions of every murdered and maimed Jew must be shown. All of them, not with masks on them, completely raw. Not some of them, not five of them, thousands of them. 
well, this will be astonishing and anguishing for friends and family. It must be done. It is the only way that their stolen lives will contribute to a better future for God's people. I have, and I will, continue to devote the rest of my life in support of Yahudim and Yisrael, while at the same time openly exposing and condemning the religious and political platitudes that would denigrate and destroy them, Islam, Christianity, and Judaism, as well as progressives. 30 books, 10,000 radio programs, and having endured thousands of death threats, testify to my unwavering commitment, as does the 91st Mismore Psalm. Sadly, there isn't the leadership in Israel to do what must be done to survive. First, the lie of Palestine and Palestinians must be told. Then it must become illegal for anyone in Israel to use either title. It is the plague of Hadrian revisited. The myth of Palestine is the most destructive and deadly for Israel. Second, Muhammad's absurd lie regarding his wild ass flight to the non-existent temple to meet with long-deceased Jews en route to the Islamic heaven by way of its hell must be told and repudiated. Since it was Muhammad's response to his satanic verses, the truth is so devastating to the Quran's credibility, it becomes suicidal for Muslims to persist in their claims. Both buildings were initially constructed as trophies, validating Allahu Akbar, then Yahweh. They emerged as the world was ravaged by the first Muslims as they killed a third of the world's population from India to Africa. Both blights on the Temple Mount must be raised, with no trace of them left to inspire greater jihad. It should have been done in 1967. Learn and live. Third, Prophet of Doom, which I am offering free, must become required reading for every Israeli. Consider it my gift to God's people, one inspired by the God of Abraham, Yishak, and Jacob. Know the truth, tell the truth, and start responding rationally to the threat of the most lethal and anti-Semitic plague ever conceived before it is too late. Fourth, to survive, the enemy within must be exposed and constrained. And that enemy is Judaism. Yahweh hates it more than Islam, more than Christianity's plague of death. Judaism has done more to impoverish Jews and separate them from their God than all other foes combined. Judaism is not just a parasite. It is on the cusp of killing the nation from within. Being Jewish is an ethnicity. It's not a religion. 70% of Israelis know I'm right, although not to this extent, because they're not as well informed.
Fifth, well, people ought to be free to be stupid and to believe the abominable myths of Judaism, Christianity, Islam, and conspiracy, even progressive ideology. They're not free to act upon these things to the detriment of Israel and Jews. To appreciate the nation's current plight, Israel needs to be cognizant of how their forefathers behaved during the Exodus and then become mindful of the examples set by Moshe, Shemuel, Dode, Hezekiah, and Elijah. It is only when an enlightened and receptive anti-religious remnant of Yisrael returns to Yahweh and accepts the conditions of the covenant that there will be peace in the land. On this we have Yahweh's promise, and he has never been wrong nor failed to do as he vowed. Should you be among those interested in living forever in God's company, come to know him as he is and not how the religious have slandered him. Should you want to become part of his family and inherit the universe, accept the five conditions of the bereft. Should you want to be emancipated and enlightened, enriched and empowered, read Yahweh's presentation of God's promises to you. If you want to be safe, accept Dode David as your Messiah and Savior. Consider these insights and countless more, a gift of life and love to Yehudim. All 30 volumes are free at yadayah.com. Your other option is to reject this advice and to continue as you have in the past, expecting a different result. Invade Gaza or not. Speak truthfully about the myths of Palestine or give them a state from which to terrorize you. Address the root cause of Islamic terrorism or remain in denial as they slit more throats. Believe the rabbis, and at least you'll be dressed for your own funeral. For those who might rebuff my warning with an ad hominem assault, demeaning me by suggesting that it isn't realistic to declare war on a religion of two billion people, I would remind you, they declared war on you 1,400 years ago. There have been countless days like today and more to come if you don't face reality. For those who would seek to appease Muslims with control over your Temple Mount, with these appalling trophies scarring the Jerusalem skyline, and with your own territories carved out of Israel, I would ask you to consider how well that approach has worked in the past. Oslo comes to mind as does the surrender of Gaza. Are there any among you who wants to be the next and the last Neville Chamberlain? Should you choose to reject my olive branch from God because I have dared criticize the cult of Judaism, ask yourselves why condemning the Jewish propensity to be religious is the dominant theme running throughout Yahweh's prophets. Why has life been so degrading and dehumanizing for Jews if Judaism is beneficial? Why are the most religious also the least intelligent, least productive, and least willing to fight for Israel's survival? 
Why are they parasites? Was Israel comatose on this day because the rabbis added their own embellishment on top of the mikra of Sukkah with a ninth day and then turned the Shabbat into the least productive time of the week? Israel, I have offered the best news possible, but I have not offered the worst. And unfortunately, it is inevitable. While Israel can and will be saved through another Hezekiah awakening with the complete elimination of religion and the return to Yahweh, his Torah, Mikre, and Bereth, this reward is only for those willing to accept God's magnanimous offer. However, for those who choose to rebuff your religious enemies by continuing to use the weapons of war, I have some very bad news. Apart from another Hezekiah declaration on behalf of the Torah and against religion, it is inevitable that Muslims will terrorize Israel as never before. Far worse than what was witnessed on October 7th, 2023. As a result of the choices and concessions Israel has made and will make, many at the insistence of the United States and Europe, the nation has become indefensible. Whether it is next week or next year, over the next decade, according to Yahweh's prophets, particularly Yahshua, Israel will be overwhelmed by a flood of Islamic terrorists. Rather than 1,500 jihadists infiltrating the promised land, as was the case this week, Next time, with Iran's participation through Hezbollah, Islamic Jihad, Hamas, and its occupation of Iraq, Syria, and Lebanon, there will be between 100 and 1,000 times more Muslims being Muslims in their pursuit of Jews. And rather than 2,000 rockets initially, 20 hang guiders, Israel should expect 200,000 rockets, missiles, and drones. As I foretold a year ago, the Islamic terrorists surrounding Israel will deploy the same strategy. They will overwhelm the Iron Dome with a greater arsenal and aerial assault than it was designed to handle, thereby raining fire into every Israeli city. Simultaneously, this coordinated force will overwhelm the smaller and more vulnerable communities with an onslaught of jihadists. And this time, they will invade with sufficient numbers and weapons to hold entire communities hostage, leaving Israel with the impossible choice between capitulation or annihilation. There is nothing the IDF can do to stop this from occurring. With its jets, tanks, and advanced weaponry, it is well suited to prevail in the last war, as is the case with most militaries. Should there be another Yom Kippur or six-day war against hostile nation and their militaries, they would prevail to danger. Israel, October 7, 2023, is your future and fate if you do not listen and respond appropriately. Iran now knows for certain that it can play the crazed jihadist card under the cover of fire from the sky. And as the IDF strategizes on how to stop the effects 
of a couple of thousand crude rockets, a few bulldozers, hang gliders, and 1,500 jihadists on foot, bikes, and pickup trucks. Iran, flush with money and a bomb, is planning the final solution. At the very least, it will be a hundredfold what God's people endured this past Shabbat. And worse than before, the government and IDF will be paralyzed as Jews are raped, plundered, and annihilated. Please don't let this happen to you. No one loves Jews more than I. But like Yahweh, I know your history. And therefore, your propensity to choose poorly and to antagonize the Almighty. And so I have devoted my life to bringing you to your senses and to helping you return to Yahweh, to his Torah, which means teaching and guidance, to his Moedim, eternal witnesses, to the restoring testimony, and to his Bereth covenant family. It is time to embrace Dode, whom you refer to as David. Yahweh's firstborn, and your Masayak, Messiah, Malek, King, and Yasha, Savior, the Zeroah, sacrificial lamb, before his return on Yom Kippurim, the day of reconciliations, in the Yobel year 6000, Yah, sunset, October 2nd, 2033. The book's on the shelf at yadayah.com entitled An Introduction to God, Yada Yahweh, Observations, Coming Home, Babel, and Questioning Paul, in addition to Prophet of Doom, are available and free for this purpose. That said, no one knows Islam or hates Islamic jihadists more than me. And this is because I understand Muhammad, Allah, the Quran, and Hadith better than any of those who are inspiring them to jihad. Awakening you and others to this reality is why I wrote Prophet of Doom. I know who they are, why they kill, and how to stop them. Putting me in the unique position to offer you these insights that will save your country and life. One last thought. Before we return to the testimony of the Prophet Zephaniah, I have witnessed the righteous rage Israel has brought upon Gaza. I have no sympathy for the Muslims dying there. I watched as tens of thousands, including women and children, celebrated the terrorist acts their sons and fathers perpetrated on defenseless Jewish women and children. They are not innocent. And in this war of the Islamic belligerents, they are all civilians. Even the children are given guns and taught to hate and kill. Nonetheless, the pictures of tears, both fake and real, will hasten the next phase of this war. Rather than ridding the world of Islamic terrorists, Israel is now manufacturing them in far greater numbers than they are eliminating. Now this is what Yahweh had his prophet write about the enemy who lives in your midst, the fake Astinians. He said, woe to those inhabit who inhabit these places, those who are wickedly offensive, engaging in boisterous religious parades in the region by the sea, you nation of Cretans and Philistines. The word of Yahweh is against you, Canaan, you and the land of the Philistine, the Philistines. 
I will destroy you such that there will be no inhabitants remaining. Zephaniah 2.5. It is such an odd thing. These worthless Islamic jihadists have fraudulently bequeathed upon them a name which is known only through Yahweh's Torah, Nabi Wamizmor. If God's testimony is reliable, they are foreign invaders who have no claim to the land. But if Yahweh's testimony is somehow unreliable, then there's no such thing as a Palestinian or Palestine, no matter how many morons they convince or how loudly they scream. The realization that this deceptive and delusional myth has been popularized to the point that it becomes universally accepted demonstrates just how far mankind has fallen. But let's be absolutely clear on this one point. God has not been deceived. He sees the so-called Palestinians for who they are, unproductive and belligerent, Satan-worshipping and anti-Semitic, foreign invaders and terrorists. So to make his home safe and a joyous place to live, he will eradicate these irritating pests. Fact is, Gaza is exactly as Yahweh chose words to describe it nearly 3,000 years ago. But what it is today is not what it will be. And so the wickedly offensive governmental district, Yahweh said, which sponsored boisterous religious parades along the seacoast, shall become a beautiful pasture with meadows for shepherds to graze their sheep, along with the folds for their flocks. Zephaniah 2.6 The land best known for irresponsible parents turning their children into terrace will have a higher. It will be used to graze the sheep of Yahudah. The homes of terrorists shall be as barns for their animals. When this religion region shall be for the remnant of the house of Yahudah, on which they shall care for their sheep in houses of Ashkelon, in which they will lie down to rest in the evening. For surely Yahweh, their God, will be mindful of them returning and restoring their possessions. Zephaniah, Yahweh's treasures are stored up for another time, 2-7. They were, and he did. In the greatest transformation in human history, Jews, or more correctly Yehudim, rose out of the ashes of the Third Reich to live among open pastures in the Promised Land. The Muslims who had sought to have them exterminated rather than allow them to return home will be wiped off the face of the earth. There are so many reassuring truths reverberating throughout this prophecy. Let's just consider a few. First, there's no room for replacement theology here. Yehudim are Yahweh's beloved. Yahweh remains mindful of the chosen people. He has not switched his loyalties towards Gentile Christians or Muslims. God made a promise to Abraham, and he's going to keep it. This is the fulfillment of the vow to restore the covenant. The father and his son are returning to protect their family. Yahuda, this reunion will occur on Yom Kippurim, the day of reconciliations. Second, 
To express genuine love, we must follow God's example and appreciate those who and what and why and how learn to hate. Yes, you heard that correctly. To express genuine love, we must follow God's example and come to understand who, what, why, and how to hate. Protecting those we love necessitates learning to use our minds and words to thwart their most lethal and imminent threats. It is essential that we hate terrorists, that we hate pedophiles, that we hate the kind of ideology that would motivate men to slit little children's throats. And third, Yahweh's witness can be trusted expressly because it is filled with powerful and wide-ranging prophecies such as this one. Citing historical records known only to God at the time, he predicted that those who had harassed his people would reappear out of the ether of lies to terrorize them once again. He foretold that the race known as Jews would be held in captivity, and yet they would return to a land fraught with peril. He predicted that the rotting rubbish in Gaza would need to be terraformed to be habitable. He even predicted that the realm of the so-called Palestinians would be known as a governmental district, that the people living there would have a propensity for marching in boisterous religious parades, and that their stated issue with Israel would be over their borders. God was right. Yahweh stored this insightful treasure up for his children to find long ago. And not only breaks my heart that they have neglected it, but that the words he chose are so loving, so tender, so joyful and compelling, even compassionate and reassuring. I'm a goy, albeit grafted into Yisrael, and I moved to tears. What about those of you for whom this promise was made, for those whom this land was given? As one Yahweh has called to contribute to his nest, which is a banner for the last days to call Yisrael home, which God's going to raise on Israel's behalf to save your soul and those you love. Open your eyes and your mind and consider all who inhabit this perverted earth and also those who remain and dwell in the land when the Nesh sign and banner this means to effectively gain the people's attention to communicate with them such that they can be rallied to the point of action drawing them together so that they engage in a productive manner all by conveying important information conspicuously within the community is lifted up and shown on high from above its purpose will be for you all to become perceptive and observant and also when the shofar sounds listen this is from Yashaya. salvation is from Yahweh Isaiah 18:3 17th and 18th chapters of Yashaya Isaiah speaks specifically of what happened this past week 
and what's going to happen over the next 10 years. This message is being addressed to Yahweh's people, designating them by where they have settled. It is for every Israelite living anywhere in the corrupt world of man. Tebel speaks of the inhabited places of the earth, which are confused and perverted. As a compound of Ta and Bel, it is the Lord's realm. And as we have learned, Baal, the Lord, is Satan's name and title. This message is for those who remain and dwell in the land, and thus for those who have survived the Islamic tsunami into Israel. This distinction is important because the most estranged are being called home to Israel, while those already in the promised land are being called to God's home and thus into the covenant. More to the point, those living in Israel need to accommodate and accept the massive influx of Yehudim that will be arriving from the United States and the rest of the world. Population of Yisrael may double by 2030 if the message on Yahweh's Nesh sign is heeded. As we have already discovered, a time is coming when Yahweh is going to lift up and prominently display a Nesh sign and banner to accomplish this very thing. His plan was detailed in Yashaya Isaiah in the 11th chapter, as was my calling on your behalf. And so now you will find the words depicted on this Nesh, this sign and banner, to be among those written in Yada Yahweh, an introduction to God, observations in coming home, even in Babel, questioning Paul and prophet of doom. I take comfort in knowing that every word found therein represents a devoted and honest attempt to accurately and comprehensively translate Yahweh's words and then comment on them in a manner designed to convey insights and to encourage thoughtful contemplation. Yahweh wants the individual translating and compiling the Nesh to be Yada, to be known, so that his people, Ra'ah, look at and pay attention to what he has written for their benefit. The Nesh is Yahweh. It is Yahweh's making it consistent with the message of Moshe, Samuel, Dod, and the prophet Yashaya. Based upon Yahweh's propensity to work through men rather than to dictate to them, he has a choder who has now risen to this occasion and is scribing God's message as a useful tool. The Nesh sign he is composing is based entirely on Yahweh's prophetic testimony. The conclusions and insights are from the Torah, Nabi Wa Mizmor. With the help of Yahweh's seven spirits, the Ruach of Yahweh, this report is essential for God's people at this time. Yada was called and has been prepared for this moment and this mission. It is why there are three Zoroah, Moshe, to convey Yahweh's message to mankind, Dod, to live it and enable it, and Yahweh, to bring Yahuda and Yisrael mm -hmm. back to it. Israel is enduring the opening salvo of the Zephaniah and Isaiah prophecies. 
not because God ordained it, but because he wanted his people to be aware and prepared for the consequence of marauding Muslims. The fight is now for the nation's survival. And yet it seems to be stupefying and paralyzing those who remain unaware of Yahweh's warning and promise, even his name. This is not without precedent. Over the long history of Yisrael, some 3,800 years of Jews being belligerently antagonistic towards God, the overtly religious and secular have become traitorous, and they have turned against their own people. The shrill voices of the repulsive, progressive Jews in America condemning Israel while praising fake Athenians is the most ignorant, immoral, and utterly insane diatribe I can ever recall. Mm. I am certain that both Dode and Yahweh are committed to holding them accountable for their grievous harm they have done to those he loves. And now, while initially hiding in their parasitic hovels, the Herodim have come out of their dens waving Palestinian flags. They are, perhaps it's nothing more than the black stripe coordinates with their morbid outfits. Perhaps they worship the same God. Maybe stupid likes company. Fortunately, there is a better option. It is for this day of soul-searching and death, when the very survival of Israel is at stake and on trial, when most of the world has turned against Jews and in the face of darker and deadlier days to come, that Yahweh has brought forth this beacon of light, his herald, to show the way home to life with Yahweh. God's timing, of course, has been perfect, as has been his execution of this plan. Twenty-two years ago, as I have shared with you, he, he asked me to begin by exploring and exposing, then condemning Islam. As a result of that long journey into the darkness of the Islamic hell, I am now the only person on the planet who can speak with knowledge and unshakable authority against the curse which is currently plaguing God's people. I understand why good Muslims are mass murderers, why they are pedophiles, rapists, and thieves devoted to terrorizing Jews while confiscating Israel. As a direct result of Yahweh having me begin by experiencing tea with terrorists and composing Prophet of Doom in the most rational manner possible, I am the only person today with the ability, authority, and courage to save Jews from Muslims, telling you the truth. This should not be surprising, because this is how Yahweh prefers to communicate with his people. Immediately thereafter, I was inspired to translate Yahweh's testimony from the oldest extant sources, becoming unique in this regard, or Kodesh, set apart in Yahweh's parlance. In the process, I became the first in well over two millennia to properly convey the pronunciation of Yahweh's name. I not only came to understand and share the five conditions of the covenant, along with the family's five benefits, I was able to explain how, 
they were enabled through God's seven annual invitations to be called out and meet the Moed Mikre. From there, I reestablished Yahweh's timeline from the garden to his return so that his people would know where they had been, where they were going, and when it would all occur. Along the way, I saw the obvious, the most prominent theme in the Torah and among the prophets, Yahweh's disdain for Yisrael's propensity to be religious. Shortly thereafter, I wrote Questioning Paul, proving emphatically that the Christian New Testament isn't just a fable akin to the myths of Odysseus and Dionysus, but that every word is in conflict with Yahweh's testimony. More importantly, especially for Jews, I have subsequently proven that Peter and Paul plundered the accolades and the accomplishments of Doe David to create the myth of Jesus Christ. This is where the diabolical plague of replacement theology began. Seven years ago, I was introduced to an exceptionally inspiring Yehud, fulfilling the intent of Chawa in my life, even Sarah, Leah, and Ruth. As we sailed away from America five years ago to a writer's paradise in the middle of the Caribbean Sea, she insisted that we rebrand and rewrite every book such that they focus entirely on the awakening and restoration of Yisrael and Yehudem. The result of three years of retranslating and rewriting has led to what you see on the bookshelf at yadayad.com. The books and the revised website, with all of its wealth of information, has become a shining beacon in a dark world. Yahweh's Nesh sign. And be very certain of this. I'm asking nothing from you. I do not take donations. I want absolutely nothing other than your attention and the hope that you will read what Yahweh has to say and then consider it and respond. Your choice is completely up to you and to him. As if a character in the final act of God's story when returning to complete the third volume of Coming Home, I was led to the greatest discovery of my life, of any life since Moshe. From the Mizmore, I came to understand why Dode volunteered to serve as the Passover lamb on behalf of his father. I saw it also from Yahweh's perspective and came to appreciate why he accepted and supported his son's decision. Therefore, I repositioned the Mizmore Psalms, so that they reflected the reason that they were written, with Dode starring as the Chosen One, God's firstborn Son, the anointed Messiah and King, who was also our Savior as the Zeroah, sacrificial lamb. I explained how the 22nd Mizmore was written in first person to prophetically present the ordeal that Dode would endure of crucifixion, Gael. Passover lamb. And then I came to understand through the Mizmor, especially the 88th and the magnificent 89th, how our guilt was laden upon Dode's soul on the Estem Kodesh Chagmikra of Matzah, unyeasted bread, and then carried into Sheol, where it was deposited 
never to be seen again. Dode would become the firstborn of Yahweh when celebrating Bukurim, firstborn children. Seven Shabbat thereafter, Shabuah, the promise of seven, was fulfilled as Dode became the first to be magnificently enriched and empowered, enlightened and emancipated by Yahweh. Yes, I was called by Yahweh on Teruah, trumpets, 22 years ago for this mission that I am fulfilling as the Messiah's and Zeroah's herald, trumpeting his return on Yom Kippurim, the Day of Reconciliations, in the Yobel year of 6,000 Yah, day of a new week, as the sun finally sets on the religious and political chaos of man. Indeed, 6.22 p.m., October 2nd, 2033. Perhaps for the first time in your life, what you are hearing is Sadak right. In possession of this great treasure, I wanted to share it. So in January of this year, 2023, I set out once again to edit all 30 books I had written for the benefit of Yisrael and Yehudim. They would all proclaim the news, Dode is God's firstborn, the Messiah and King who came to serve as the Passover lamb and is returning to enable the day of reconciliations by anointing the Kaporeth mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant. Eight months into this final comprehensive rewrite of Yahweh's Nesh sign, having rewritten the three volumes of Coming Home, the newly added books on Babel, excoriating Judaism, all three volumes of An Introduction to God, eight books of Yada Yahweh, it was halfway through the fifth volume of Observations that I found myself translating Yahweh's most poignant prophetic remarks regarding the ultimate destruction of Gaza. It was a Shabbat, October 7th, 2023. And there I was, the one person prepared by Yahweh to tell the whole story of this day to God's people. It had all led to this moment. I knew what Yisrael and the world needed to hear, knowing that it would be the antithesis of what everyone else would be saying. Yahweh had devoted an entire chapter of Yashiga Isaiah, the 11th, to the appointment and empowerment of his choder, a secondary branch and sucker of the fallen stump that had been Yisrael, so that Yada would become known and deployable at this time. Unique now among men, as is God's customs, like Moshe before him. The Choder would be well-versed on the enemy opposing God's people. He would also be a reflection of Dode, a passionate and articulate, intelligently astute and courageous student of the Torah, who fell in love with its author, Yahweh. The Choder would partner with these great Zeroah by sowing their seeds, such that they would take root and grow. At this time, providing a productive harvest of saved souls. While I have never seen myself in the company of these great men, other than as their beneficiary, with the unprecedented benefit of God's seven spirits, even the lowliest of branches can bear abundant fruit. This is why Yahweh inspired Solomon to speak of the Nacre, observant foreigner, 
during the dedication of Yahweh's home atop Mount Moriah, Revere Yah Moriah. This is God's plan. It has been it is being fulfilled as he foretold. And he was not shy about telling his people about this. Now, as I share what comes next, I want you to know that the broadcast portion of this program will end in about a minute's time. But we will continue to record, and the entire archive of this program will be available for you to listen in its entirety. 95% of the listeners to this program are of the archive as it is posted all over the Internet. Should you want to become more familiar with how we, you and I, came to this place at Yahweh's direction, please consider the Why You, Why Me chapter in the opening volume of an introduction to God. It's called The Bottom Words. Or alternatively, if your preference is to discount the many hundreds of prophecies pertaining to Yada, serving as Dode's herald and Yahweh's witness to Yisrael at this time, I invite you to make an informed decision, which can only be done by reading Yada Yahweh, the entire series. If you can disprove its findings, most all of them, using evidence and reason without resorting to either contradictory citations from rabbis or ad hominem attacks, then you will have proven yourself smarter than God and worthy of this moment. And if not, if your mind is open, you'll benefit from what you read. Should you be neither overtly religious or moronically progressive, open to both God and to reason, then you will find the means to survive and thrive, even among the loud drone of religious rhetoric and political platitudes. It is your choice, your time, your soul. As everything appears to be disintegrating around you, Israel, and as the world turns against you, this is actually your greatest opportunity. And while I am the herald of this message, I'm not its subject. Over the years, I have come to realize that Yahweh has deployed two mighty Zeroah, Moshe and Dod, and a considerably lesser one, Yada, who is nonetheless vocal about his predecessors. Moshe and Dod are the most important individuals in Yahweh's interaction with humankind. And it was when striving to appreciate the title Zeroah and all it represents that I was led to the prophecy which is particularly pertinent today. It provides yet another installment of God's announcements regarding his final witness. What follows is in Shalomos, Solomon's commitment address to the children of Israel upon the completion of Yahweh's home, more commonly known as the first in the midst of the preeminent Sermon on the Mount, Solomon, after speaking of his father Dod, foretold. So therefore, regarding someone else, the observant and discerning foreigner from a different ethnicity and geographic location who will Come to understand, Hanakri, who to show the way to the benefits of the relationship is not of your people. He will come from a distant country and in a distant time 
for the express purpose of being a witness, providing answers regarding your surprisingly important name. The influence of your hand, along with the Chazak, powerful and passionate individual who is prepared to lead, as the Zoroah, the protective shepherd and sacrificial lamb whom you have extended. When he arrives on the scenes and chooses to pursue this, then he will help interested parties reconcile their relationship by providing those who exercise good judgment with the information and justification needed to make a correct and reasoned decision regarding the familiar relationship, the covenant. When you hear it coming out of the heavens, coming from the atmosphere, within the location where you live, then engage and act accordingly, doing everything which to show the way the Nakri, observant foreigner, from a different ethnicity and geographic location who understands has invited you to read for the express purpose of being a witness who provides answers such that the peoples of the earth will have a genuine and ongoing opportunity to become familiar with Yada, to know, to acknowledge, to accept and understand your name, coming to respect and revere you simultaneously along with your people, Yisrael, and also so that they may know that truthfully, your family and this house, which to reveal the correct path to walk, to give life meaning that I have built for the family, are dedicated and called by your name. Dabarim Yomim, words of the days, Second Chronicles 6. 32 and 33. I did not ask Yahweh to draw your attention to Yada Yahweh, only to help me write it correctly for your benefit. And yet, I would be doing God and his people a disservice to disavow these prophetic pronouncements, especially at this time in the life of the floundering and besieged nation. Yahweh wants Yisrael to listen to him and to come home and not finding a Yehud who was willing to engage God not only stooped to using a Goy as these prophecies portend he seems to be pleased with what we have accomplished on his people's behalf with Yada Yahweh what is your response it's a fair question since Yahweh has asked you to listen and to respond I have one last thought. America's counterproductive meddling in the Muslim Middle East has had several unfortunate consequences. By giving Iraq and Syria to Iran, it doomed Israel. It also divided the world's superpowers with Russia and China favoring Iran and the U.S. and Europe opposing the Iranians. We see this now with China and Russia issuing scathing indictments against Israel rather than Hamas in the aftermath of the October 7, 2023 massacre. Adding to the fog of war and the errant perceptions, Joe Biden's oratory in support of Israel has been outstanding, 
far better than any of Netanyahu's speeches. And initially, he and his administration are saying and doing all of the right things. Trojan horse. With America's Secretary of State and Defense stationed in Israel and the nation's largest aircraft carrier strike force cruising nearby. Things are not as they appear, and it will all come crashing down as the casualties mount and the world screams, particularly Saudi Arabia, because MBS has a petrodollar dagger set against America's throat, and Biden knows it. All that is needed now is for Iran to pull the Hezbollah trigger following Israel's invasion of Gaza and a panicked world will impose the final solution on behalf of the many against the few. Plotting behind the scenes, the Biden administration is scheming to provide Saudi Arabia with advanced weaponry, a defense treaty, and nuclear capabilities under the guise of normalization with Israel, which will include the Biden administration's pet project, the imposition of a Palestinian state with its capital in Jerusalem. It is all occurring because the U.S. financial sanctions on Russia backfired. Now over 150 nations want to replace the dollar as the world's reserve currency, a move which will cripple the United States. And the one man who can make that so or prevent it from happening, MBS, is using it as leverage. And he just so happens to be a murderous Muslim psychopath, albeit a clever and rich one. America's ill-fated military incursions into the Muslim Middle East created such chaos. Millions of Muslims fled to Europe, taking their vile religion with them, such that they are fanning the flames of anti-Semitism. There was a vicious attack in France today, another one in China. Jewish homes and shops are being tagged with stars of David all across Russia. The world is turning into a recreation of what we saw through Nazified Europe. To appease the Muslims and cover her bloody footprints and the millions of lost civilian lives, America is now the most aggressive advocate of the two-state solution. Thinyawa openly opposes on moral, rational, and defensive grounds. Israel was his gift to you. It was not given for America or any other nation to take away. Well, those are my thoughts, Yisrael. I would encourage those who have listened all the way through this program to turn to yadayah.com. Yada means to know. Yah is the familial form of Yahweh, God's one and only name. You can even type in Yada Yahweh if you prefer. And you can even come to understand how I realized that Yahweh's name was pronounced Yahweh by looking at how Torah is written. 
look how haya is written, which is the very verb that Yahweh used to introduce himself to Moshe and to the children of Israel. Consider how shalom, the most common Hebrew greeting, is written as well. And you will come to know how to pronounce every one of the four vowels in Yahweh's name. With those same vowels and 17 consonants, every word in the Hebrew language is pronounceable. This notion that Yahweh's name is somehow not has got to be one of the dumbest lies ever perpetrated by the religious. Don't let them rob you of God's name. Well, thank you for listening. I hope that this Shabbat is much better than the last one. And I hope that there's a growing number of Israelites, of Yehudim, in Israel, the United States, and around the world who take Yahweh's words seriously. It's time to come home. It's time to accept the conditions of the covenant, which are simply five, and to actually tend all seven Moed Mikre, understanding what each represents and how they enable the benefits of the covenant relationship. You may be surprised that as it relates to the conditions of the covenant, God asks you to do things which are in your best interest. The first is a prerequisite. You must walk away from Babel. This commingling of religious and political platitudes. You cannot be religious and you cannot be political if you're going to be part of God's family. He does not want that filth in heaven. Should he allow the religious and political into heaven, it will quickly degrade so that it's appears no different than the hell we are perpetrating upon ourselves on earth. So the first condition of the covenant is to walk away from your country, from your religion, from the family of man, from the human societal traditions. The second, God says, is walk to me and become perfected. We do that through the seven Moed Mikre, the most important of which is the one that religious Jews have completely eliminated matzah. They have turned Passover into a seven-day holiday when Passover is simply the first of the seven days of matzah. It is on matzah that Dode took, his soul carried, the religious guilt of his people with him and took it into shield and deposited it there, never to be seen again. And as a result of serving as the Passover lamb and enduring the torment of matzah on our behalf, that he first and we now can follow on Bakudim to be adopted into Yahweh's covenant family, such that seven Shabbat later, on the promise of seven Shabuah, we like Dode will be enriched and empowered emancipated and enlightened children of God, equipping us to do as we're doing on this program, celebrating Teruah, Rosh Hashanah, 
by heralding Yahweh's message and that of his son, our Savior, Dode. This brings us, of course, to the last chance that anyone, but particularly Jews, will have to reconcile their relationship with Yahweh, Yom Kippurim, and year 6,000 Yah, just 10 years from now. Those who do will not only witness the return of Yahweh and Dode on this day, but will have the opportunity to camp out with him and and an earth return to the conditions experienced in the Garden of Eden on Sukkah. October 7th, a Shabbat in 2033. The third condition of the covenant uh, is to come to trust and rely upon Yahweh. This is simply to choose rather than relying on the bullets and bombs of the IDF and of your politicians or the religious, that you rely on God's testimony instead. Trust him to protect you. I've written the most condemning expose ever against the Islamic religion, something that no one has ever survived. I wrote it in my own name. I did 5,000 radio shows in my own name. I received thousands of death threats, and here I am speaking to you tonight because Yahweh honors his promises. He protects his children. Trust him. Rely upon him. Get to know him. Fourth, Yahweh says that the benefits of the covenant are afforded to those who closely examine and carefully consider its conditions. You need to know what God is offering and what he is expecting in return. You need to be observant. That means to open your eyes and open your minds and read what he actually had to say. You can do that, if you wish, by capitalizing on Yada Yahweh, or these Translations, amplified translations, are available for you to read. The fifth condition of the covenant is is a man to be circumcised and as parents to circumcise our sons on the eighth day. This is the sign of the covenant. And its five benefits to become immortal, perfected, adopted, enriched and empowered, were all delivered by Dode's willingness to serve as the Passover lamb, as the soul who took our guilt with him into Sheol to deposit it there never to be seen again, for him to be the first to experience Bukutim, born children, and then to be the most magnificently enriched and empowered of all time. That is the path that he blazed, that he enabled that we can follow. These are the benefits of the covenant. These are the conditions of the covenant. These are the Moed Mikre that Yahweh has invited you to attend. Know his name. Know his son. Trust and rely upon them. Well, that is my program for this evening. We've heard uh, a little bit uh, in the background there from uh, Kirk. Um, Kirk is... uh
my co-host on uh, on this uh, program uh, this evening. I knew it was going to be a lot to get through uh, this narrative, which again, if you want to read it in written form, which is obviously easier to fact check and to understand, go to yadayad.com, click on resources, and you'll find uh, this entire message um, available for you there. And then, of course, you can read all of the books that are provided at the Yadayawa site, beginning with an introduction to God. Yeah, well, Kirk, thank uh, you. you and I, I have uh, done this for many, many years together. This is, I think, yes, the single sir. most important time uh, that uh, we have. This is the literally the epitome of, of our calling. This is what Yahweh has prepared us to achieve um, on behalf yes, of his people all of these years. Well, we all thank you for writing it. We thank you for presenting it. And especially to our family, the people that we love the most, Yehudim and Israel, I, 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 this is a wonderful day. I look forward to the uh, the rally. Yeah, we'll have to see how it is uh, how it is received. I'm 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 expecting because of what Yahweh has conveyed yes. that there will be at least seven thousand uh, Israelites in Yehudim, um, perhaps Goyim as well who will capitalize on the Teruwa harvest, which will take place uh, prior to the worst of Jakob's troubles, uh, most likely on Teruwa in 2029. And then when uh, Elia returns uh, as um, the witness in Jerusalem, um, along with myself, I'm Yada, um, there's going to be a a revival and the 7,000 that will be part of that Terua harvest, that gleaning will be much, much, much greater. Um, Elia is the most entertaining orator of all of Yahweh's prophets and he will be exciting to be around, to listen to. I, the rabbis actually got one thing right. They uh, set a place for Elyah at their Passover Seder. And the fact is that uh, Elyah is returning on, uh, on Passover in 2030, uh, six months after the Teruah harvest. <laughs> mm-hmm. But he's, uh, he's not going to be um, happy with the religious Jews and rabbis. In fact, he will be condemning them. That will be his primary job as he returns will be to expose and condemn religious Jews, while mine will be to expose and condemn the religious of Christianity and Islam, of which I have become expert. Yes, sir. So that's our program for this evening. Happy Shabbat. We'll return to uh, a normal uh, analysis of the news and study of the Torah as we proceed to share Yahweh's words with his people. Um, Have a peaceful Shabbat, a thoughtful Shabbat, and this opportunity, please accept it as Yahweh's olive branch towards reconciliation. May Yah bless you all. Good night. Good night.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.